0: book of ecclesiastes last week we went through the book of proverbs i'm going to jump right in we're at 641 i'm not going to keep you too long tonight really what are you going to do go to bed lay there in your bed i don't know what you're going to do we'll um we'll get through this at the end i got a couple of announcements and i i'm going to tell you about one thing i want you to do and uh you you could even do it don't do it right now i want you to pay attention to the message when i'm done with the message we'll i'll tell you about something and a couple announcements let's have a word of prayer We'll dive into the book of Ecclesiastes. Father in heaven, we need you tonight. A lot of time's gone in to prepare the message. A lot of time's gone into today. It just seems so weird to be doing this and no one right here in the auditorium with us. Father, we know you're in control. We know you have your hand in everything. How we need you. Bless the next few minutes tonight as we look at the book of Ecclesiastes. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number one. If you look at the end of your notes, you'll see everything on your notes is written in except for the application. There's three points that I'll give you in a few minutes, and that will be a good thing. And also, you might say, "Well, oh, what about the video for tonight? I can't really play the video through this thing very well. Maybe if we get more technological, tech, technologically advanced around here, we could. But um, if, you go, if you type in uh, YouTube, some of you are on YouTube now, not now, but later, Type in Bible Project, and then put Ecclesiastes. And you put that in, the video will come up so you can go watch that video. I'm going to tell you a lot of what would be said there tonight, and we'll dive right in. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 1, it says, The words of the preacher, son of David, king in Israel. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also riseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full, under the place from whence the rivers come. Thither they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been done, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come after those things which come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart hath, been, hath great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also a vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge, increaseth sorrow. What a passage. Some of you are like, yeah, what a passage. I didn't even understand half of what you just read. I'm going to help you with it tonight. And we're going to look at several things and dive through the book of Ecclesiastes pretty quick here tonight. One thing I want to point out about where we're at as a world today. Look at verse number nine. The thing that hath been, it shall be. And that which is done is which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. there is no new thing under the sun. I know some of you are thinking, we have never taken drastic measures like this in the United States of America like we are today. And if that's your answer, you're wrong. We have, 102 years ago. How many of you were there 102 years ago? Margie, maybe? No, I'm kidding, Margie. That was a joke. And uh, Gene, maybe? No, Gene wasn't there either. And Gene, I'm just teasing. Sandy? Still got to tease some of you. And Russ is asleep already, so I'm not going to worry about him. But there's no new thing. In 1918, the Spanish flu killed so many people and churches stopped meeting and the united states was shut down just like today 102 years ago say well i've never seen anything like this because we weren't here 102 years ago and there are some people freaking out the world's going to come to an end martial law is going to kick in this is the new normal relax he's still on the throne and last time i read the book of revelation there are some things that got to take place in this world for the lord to come and so my answer is Come, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. If this world's going to change before our eyes, then bless the Lord. We're going to go out and we're going to preach the gospel till that day comes. Right now, we're going to just hold on. We're going to trust God and move as he leads us. This is not new. Praise God for the technology we have today to be able to still do what we're doing tonight. The book of Ecclesiastes is a wonderful book. The word Ecclesiastes literally means, it's translated from a Hebrew word, it literally means teacher. Or preacher, and we're going to learn in this passage of scripture, the book of Ecclesiastes, from a preacher, and this is Solomon, as we can see, and we'll see several things. There's three titles given: title of preacher, son of David, and king. It's got to be Solomon. If you want to argue that someone else, then you can say whatever you want to say, but you're not the one on video tonight. You're not the one who had to is going to have everyone make fun of him singing like I did a few minutes ago, and also. All I do every day is try to give you a little devotional to be a help. And what do I get in return? Pastor, that's sure a funny face you made. It doesn't let me pick my face I make. It picks up something in the middle of my devotional, and it sticks with that face. I'm sorry that it's that face. This is the only face God gave me. And so don't make fun of my face, because yours will be pretty funny looking too. And so we dive in, and we see some things. I want you to understand this book. And the way we're going to do it is very simple. We're going to go through the who... The what, the where, the when, the why, the how, and then we're done. Number one tonight, we see, come on, iPad, my iPad's stalling here. I know what some of you on Facebook are doing right now as you're wondering what's happening. Number one, we see the who. See, in verse number one, we see the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Israel. And then in verse 16, it says he communed with his own heart. It talks about how he had so much wisdom. And so though his name is not mentioned here, traditionally speaking, the authorship of this book is attributed to King Solomon. Solomon was the only son of David who was king of Jerusalem, and he was the wisest man that lived, the Bible tells us. So we know the who, it's Solomon. Number two, the what. What is this book? Well, we've mentioned before the Old Testament is broken up into different sections. You have the books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. You have the historical books and that goes from Joshua to Esther. You have the poetical books from or po- poetical books or you might call them the books of wisdom from where was I just at from Job to Song of Solomon. This is a book of wisdom. This is part of the poetical books. And it's interesting to note that Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes and he wrote Song of Solomon. And they're all bound up together in this order right here. And so we see that this is a book of wisdom, some things for us to learn from. We see number three, where? Where did this take place? And some books tell us the answer to the question of where the writer was when he wrote a certain book. Like 1 Thessalonians, Paul wrote that when he was in Corinth. Philippians was written while Paul was in jail. We don't know for sure when this was written by Solomon. What we do know is that solomon is an older man now most of his days are behind him and he's looking back at the life that he's lived and giving some insights and that's one of the things one of the benefits someone who's lived a longer life someone who's been around longer they have some earthly wisdom that some who might be younger might not have and what we see here that's what we see with solomon and solomon's going through here and he's looking back at his life he's looking back at the heartaches. The joys, the tribulations, sitting down and he's just looking and being inspired by God, by the Holy Ghost, to pen these words, to be an encouragement and a help to us so maybe we don't do some of the same mistakes that Solomon made. So we got the who, we got the what, we got the where. Number four, we see the when. This was written about a thousand years before Christ. In Usher's chronology, it says it was around 977 B.C., It was written towards the end of Solomon's life. It was written, you think about this, 35 years he wrote this after he wrote Song of Solomon. It was written 25 years after he penned most of the book of Proverbs that he wrote. So what has happened in this time, if you know what happens with Solomon, is he gets away from the Lord. And remember, he marries, he has 700 wives and 300 porcupines. No, not porcupines, concubines. I was teasing right there. And uh, it's really bad. Sometimes you sit in here and you don't laugh at my jokes. And I still know they're funny. But now you're not laughing at all because you're not here. And so I don't know if you're laughing at home or not. So hopefully you did a little bit. But what has happened is Solomon has gone from being the wisest man. And that kingdom that Queen Sheba came, wow, the hath hath not been told me how great Jerusalem really is. We see that that Solomon's heart was turned from God. This was written after that time. Solomon drifted from God. And he tried, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible tells us he tried everything this world had to offer. He sought pleasure in places you couldn't even imagine. And with wisdom that could only come from God and the experience of a lifetime, Solomon pins these words for us. We see the who, we see the what, we see the where, we see the when, and then why. Why did Solomon pin the book of Ecclesiastes? Why was it written? Well, you can see in several verses, in verse 3, verse 13, chapter number 2, you can see it again. You see, first of all, letter A, it's to recount his experiment to find life's purpose. And it says, I will, verse chapter 2, verse number 1, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And he tried these things, and then he says, no, this was, ban- this was empty wasn't what life was all about and we see this over and over again the book then goes on for another 10 chapters showing us solomon's mistakes and what he learned from them showing us his philosophy as well as the truth that he gleaned through all of these things you were to look for a theme verse in ecclesiastes i believe there are three of them first one is chapter one verse number two vanities of vanities saith the preacher vanities of vanities all is vanity it also tells us in chapter number 2, verse number 11, it says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. And then chapter number 12, and I quote this verse often and teach it to our teenagers, and it should all of us should remember this verse. Chapter number 12 the, and verse number 13. Look at what, look at what Solomon says here. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The conclusion of the book, what does it come down to? Fear God, keep his commandments. That's our job. Solomon says, hey, I've searched out everywhere. I've sought for, for enjoyment and pleasure here, and it was empty. I went to this place. I did all these things in life. And I've got a conclusion for you, people. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. He'll be more happy just doing things God's way. The theme of the book, a phrase that is used over and over again is the phrase under the sun. It's used 29 times. What's the answer down here on earth? What does this life have to offer? All of these things. And what you'll find is as he talks about what this life has to offer, you'll find something. You see the word over and over again, vanity. If you seek after worldly goods and after the things of this world, it's meaningless and empty. There's so much more to life than pleasure. There's so much more than living for the things of this world. There's so much more. And that's what Solomon's talking about. You know, Solomon made some of the same mistakes that Adam made. Matthew Henry said this. He said, The fundamental error of the children of men, and that which is at the bottom of all their departures from God, is the same with that of our first parents. Hoping to be as God's, by entertaining themselves, that which seemed good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. The scope of this book is to show that that is a great mistake, that our happiness consists not in being as gods to ourselves, to have what we will and to do what we will, but in having him that made us to be our God or God to us. The same mistake that Adam made 6,000 years ago is the same mistake... Solomon made 3,000 years ago, which is the same mistake that we're making in 2020. The wisest man was not very wise in his choices, tried to help us. And I'm going to add one more question here tonight. How? How did Solomon get to the point of being the wisest man and Queen of Sheba saying, I not been told how great your kingdom is. I'm shocked. It's even better than what I thought it was. How did you go from there? Writing a book and saying, hey, I tried all these things and they're empty. I gave my heart to this, and I gave my heart to this. I gave my heart here. He needed to give his heart to Jesus. How did Solomon get there? How did he end up empty, searching, and how do we find ourselves in the same predicament? Think about this, the longer you live, the more experience you have. I want you to understand something, a couple of things that we notice with with Solomon. It's very interesting. I want you to take your Bibles. We're going to turn to a few last passages, and we're going to be done here in just a minute. I want you to go with me to 1 Kings chapter number 3. 1 Kings chapter number 3. I believe this is important for you to see with your eyes. 1 Kings chapter number 3. Look down at verse number 5. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse number 5. And the Bible says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou I showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth. And in righteousness and uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness. Thou hast given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made my servant king instead of David my father. I am but a little child. I know not how to go in or, or go out or come in. And look at verse number 9. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people. I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Look at what the Lord says to him. Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy word, and, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so there will be none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall there arise like unto thee. And I... Have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be none, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all this day. Look at verse 14. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, and keep my statutes and commandments, as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Hold your place here, and go to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy 17. It's hard for you to flip, hold your phone, and do all those things right now. I'll read it for you, all right? Deuteronomy chapter 17. Almost there. Deuteronomy 17, verse number 14. What the Bible says here, Deuteronomy 17, verse number 14. The Bible says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shalt say, I'll set a king over me like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren shall be set king over thee, that thou mayest not set a stranger before thee which is not thy brother. He will not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he shall multiply horses, for as much as the Lord hath said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away, Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. Go back to 1 Kings chapter number 10 now. Go up a few pages. Solomon knew what the Bible had said, he knew what the law was. He was supposed to read it before he was ever king. Look at 1 Kings chapter 10, verse number 24. It says, And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices horses and mules arrayed year by year and Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen whom he bestowed to the cities for chariots with the king at Jerusalem and the king made silver to be in Jerusalem a stone and cedar made he you see all these things that he was doing all the things that God said he wasn't supposed to do that's what he did and you look at chapter 11 verse number one Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, and Hittites, the nations concerning which the Lord had said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall ye come in unto you, for surely they shall turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had seven hundred wives, princes, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and the wives turned away his hearts. And the Bible says in verse number four, And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. He took his eyes off of the Lord, he disobeyed God, he began to fulfill what he wanted to in life, and he believed that his way was better than God's way. Solomon's final thoughts on the book, and this is where you need your pen, three things. Go to chapter number, in Ecclesiastes, go to chapter number 12, we see the last things that solomon had to say in the book and really we see the last really the last words of solomon here and this is solomon look at verse number one so ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse number one the scripture says remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days draw not or the evil days come not or the years draw nigh and thou shalt say i have no pleasure in them first thing number one remember now thy creator number one remember now Thy creator remember him now don't wait till you get older hey young people don't wait till later today now remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth don't live a life and look back and be like man i wish i would have followed god and given it to god we see remember now Thy creator number two fear god and keep his commandments that's our job we see that in verse number 12, 13 says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Number 14 says, For God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. See, number one, we need to remember now that creator. Number two, we need to fear God and keep his commandments. And number three, from verse number 14, we need to live in light of the judgment. Life lived under the sun is lived here and now, and it's an empty life. Fulfilled, blessed life with the end in mind, understands that we are going to give an account to God someday for the actions that we do. What is our purpose? Fear God, keep his commandments. Solomon said, hey, and uh, you watching tonight, some teenager, uh, whoever it is watching tonight, you don't have to go try all the things of this world. Fear God, keep his commandments, and you can have a happy life. It's so important. Father, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you for the book, Ecclesiastes, and for the time that we've had in it you for your people and for their faithfulness tonight. I know they could be watching something on television, but they're focusing in here at church tonight, and I thank you for that. I hope they know that a lot of work went into today, and I might not have preached to them in front of them in this room, but I'm just as tired from preaching all day. Pray, bless this week. Pray that your hand would be on everything that's done, and Lord, we need you how we need you. Get us through this week. Pray that you would remove take this virus and that you would stop these cases, that you would bring the numbers down and that not as many people would die, that you would just do a work and get us back to you. Get us back to where we can meet in this place. And we trust you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And I know I'm all the one. I preach all the time. We're supposed to let patience have our perfect work that we may be entire wanting nothing. God, I'm not asking you to end this before you're ready. I want your will. Help us learn what you have for us during this time and help us be a people that lives for you. I love you. I thank you for the time we've had today in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.